Engineering transplantable jejunal mucosal grafts using patient-derived organoids from children with intestinal failure. An article by Marie Lawin, Vivian Lee, and others from the Francis Crick Institute, London, UK. Nature Medicine, 2020. Abstract. Intestinal failure, IF following extensive anatomical and functional loss of small intestine, SI, has deliberating long-term consequences on children. The priority of patient care is to increase the length of functional intestine, particularly the jejunum, to promote nutritional independence. Here we construct ontologous jejunal mucosal grafts using pediatric patient biomaterials and show the patient-derived organoids can be expanded efficiently in vitro. In parallel, we generate decellularized human intestinal matrix with intact nanotopography that forms biological scaffolds. Proteomic and Raman spectroscopy analysis reveal highly analogous biochemical profiles of human small intestine and colon scaffolds indicating that they can be used interchangeably as platforms for intestinal engineering. Indeed, seeding of jejunal organoids onto either type of scaffold reliably constructs grafts that exhibit several aspects of physiological jejunal function and that survive to form luminal structures after transplantation into the kidney capsule or subcutaneous pockets for up to two weeks. Our findings provide proof-of-concept data for engineering patient-specific jejunal grafts for children with intestinal failure, ultimately aiding in the restoration of nutritional autonomy. Intestinal failure occurs in children with a reduction in functional intestine below the minimum requirement to satisfy nutrient and fluid needs to sustain growth. Underlying etiologies include anatomical losses due to short bowel syndrome SPS, dysmotility conditions such as Hirschsprung's disease or congenital epithelial defects such as microvillous inclusion disease. Ultimately, children with irreversible intestinal failure are referred for intestinal transplantation. However, due to a shortage of donor organs and high mortality rates, there is an urgent unmet clinical need for innovative treatment strategies. Intestinal tissue engineering offers a personalized solution for intestinal failure tailoring the cellular and scaffold composition of a graft to the individual patient's disease etiology. For example, patients with short bowel syndrome caused by necrotizing enterocolitis or Crohn's disease require reconstruction of a full thickness graft. Conversely, patients with intestinal dysmotility require reconstruction of a neuromuscular graft whereas engineering of a mucosal graft is paramount for IF patients with purely epithelial defects. Whilst engineering of simpler tissues such as skin or cornea 
are well-established in clinical practice. Examples of successful clinical applications of more complex organs have only been demonstrated in few case reports of tracheal and bladder reconstruction. To date, there have been no clinical studies of bioengineered intestine using intestinal failure patient-derived cells, thereby circumventing potential complications of immunosuppression. To maximize clinical relevance, PDOs were generated from 12 children who had intestinal failure or are at risk of developing intestinal failure due to comorbidities or complex surgical backgrounds where the starting material was limited to two endoscopic epithelial biopsies, two millimeter size circa. On average, three to five organoid units were established four weeks after crypt isolation, before expanding to over 10 million cells per week eight. Once established, the organoid expansion efficiently was similar in all intestinal regions, judinium, judinium, and ileum and did not vary across different clinical backgrounds. We estimate that it will take 10 weeks from biopsy collection to expand sufficient numbers of PDOs for seeding a 20 cm length of tubular scaffold that could achieve significant clinical benefit. Quantitative reverse transcription PCR demonstrated that organoids expressed region-specific markers, apical brush border enzyme cytochrome B reductase 1, CYBRD1, and iron transporter solute carrier family 14, member 1, SLC40A1 in duodenal organoids. Brush border enzyme sucrase isomaltase, SI, and lactase, LCT, in jejunal organoids and apical bile acid transporter SLC10A2 and basolateral organoid solute transporter OSTB in ileal organoids. Expression of the brush board enzymes SI and LCT in jejunal organoids was preserved after significant passing time indicating the regional identities of organoids are intrinsically programmed. Next, we tested expansion and differentiation potentials of duodenal PDO. Since 90% of digestion and absorption occurs into the proximal 100 to 150 cm of duodenum, PDOs were treated with GSK3 beta inhibitor to boost WNT signaling or with a gamma secretase inhibitor DAPT to inhibit notch signaling. QRT-PCR analysis showed that open CHIR treatment, stem and panel cell genes were significantly upregulated while differentiation genes were downregulated. A strong induction of proliferation was simultaneously observed in CHIR-treated organoids, which was accompanied by protein expression of stem cell and panel cell markers. Conversely, 
DAPT-treated organoids displayed loss of stem cell and planar cell markers and gain of differentiation markers. Together, these results showed that PDOs expand rapidly in vitro whilst maintaining the original intestine region identity and differentiation potential. Biological scaffolds were chosen for this study due to their inherent quality of retaining the natural microenvironment which significantly impacts cell behavior and identity. We have previously described the decellularization protocol to generate rodent and piglet extracellular matrix ECM intestinal scaffolds. In this study, alongside characterizing piglet small intestine scaffolds, we further increased the translation potential by fabricating human intestine scaffolds from pediatric patients undergoing intestinal resections. Histological analysis confirmed the absence of cells and presence of ECM collagen in both small intestine and colon scaffolds. Scanning electron microscopy demonstrated remarkable preservation of mucosa, submucosa and muscularis ultrastructure. Importantly, intact crypt villus access of small intestine scaffolds and crypts of colon scaffolds were clearly identified, thereby providing the optimal nanotopography for intestinal graft reconstruction. We further evaluated the mechanical properties of human small intestine and colon scaffolds, giving the relevance of these to transplantation surgery. Quantification of the tensile stress and strain across the transverse axis of age-matched scaffolds showed no significant differences in Yang's modulus. However, small intestine scaffolds tended to have higher breakpoints on distress strain curves, which may be caused by the presence of villi in the scaffolds. This may be a surgical advantage in vitro, but would require further testing in orthotopic transplantation models. Next, we investigated the biomolecular composition of human small intestine and colon scaffolds to explore the potential use of either scaffold type for jejunal reconstruction. Various biological scaffolds have been used in intestine engineering to provide physiological growth signals that aid cell infringement and cell organization. However, the characteristic and distribution of specific ECM cues in decellularized human scaffolds remain limited. We therefore employed Raman spectroscopy to compare the spectral profiles between native gut and scaffolds. The highly analogous profiles, along with the loss of nucleic acid and lipid features, confirmed that DET processing successfully removes all cellular material with preserved ECM components. Importantly, the spectra between small intestine and colon scaffolds were remarkably similar despite their structural and functional differences. Raman imaging further highlighted similar spatial distribution in specific ECM components in both scaffold types, 
collagen was predominantly localized in the submucosa. Phenylalanine was most abundant in the muscularis, while glucosaminoglycans (GAG), important in intestine stem cell homeostasis, were enriched in the mucosa. Principal component analysis really segregated the spectra into distinct clusters based on histological layers, where the mucosal spectra of both scaffold types tightly clustered together. To validate the similarities observed in the Raman data, mass spectroscopy was used to generate a global proteomic profile of human small intestine X colon scaffolds. Stringingly, the majority of proteins were detected in both scaffold types, including 17 collagen subtypes and 5 laminin subtypes, whilst only 11 to 377 total proteins and 2 to 126 ECM proteins were detected in either small intestine or colon scaffolds alone. Altogether, our data support utilizing either scaffold types in subsequent graft engineering experiments. To reconstruct jejunal grafts, we performed a series of organoids seedings in vitro before testing for the presence of jejunal-specific functions or in vivo transplantation. As proof of concept for creating a personalized patient-derived graft, subsequent experiments utilize eugene organoids from a single intestine failure patient. In addition, eugene fibroblasts were also isolated and seeded by injection into all human scaffolds intended for in vivo transplantation. Eugene fibroblasts expressed fibronectin FNEC, Vimentin, VIM, Fibroblast Surface Protein Marker 1, FSP1, Lemonin Alpha 5, LAMA5, and scattered weaker core expression of Alpha SMA, indicating a mixed population of jejunal fibroblasts and myofibroblasts. All scaffolds were individually mounted under custom-built stages. Scaffolds receiving fibroblasts were maintained in static culture for three days prior to organoid sealing onto the mucosa surface of all scaffolds. The seeded grafts were cultured in static conditions for a further four days before converting to dynamic conditions using a perfusion by a reactor system. All grafts intended for in vivo transplantation were maintained in dynamic culture for seven days. Histological analysis of these grafts showed full coverage of columnar epithelial cells on the scaffold surface with visible crypt units and abundant fibroblasts located subepithelially prior to transplantation. For comprehensive in vitro characterization, grafts were collected after 14 days of dynamic culture. Preliminary optimizations were performed using piglet small 
intestine scaffolds, the proteomic composition of which was recently published. First, micro CT imaging was performed to provide an overall assessment of volume and distribution of epithelial cells across the scaffold. Histology confirmed a polarized monolayer of columnar cells covering the scaffold surface and crypt compartments. Immunofluorescent staining of collagen revealed a uniquely homogeneous hyaline expression pattern in multiple regions beneath the epithelial cells, suggesting new matrix deposition by the epithelial cells. Most intestine cell types were readily detected, including lysozyme-positive pellet cells, ABPAS positive goblet cells, and alkaline phosphatase ALPI positive enterocytes alongside proliferating KI67 positive cells. Jejunal specific sucrase isomaltase was also widely detected on the brush border, confirming maintenance of region-specific identity. Next, human jejunal grafts were constructed using human, small intestine and colon scaffolds. Humanostaining demonstrated the proliferation and differentiation of enterocytes, ALPI, and goblet cells, ABPAS, was present. However, expression of chromogranin A, or lysozyme, was not detectable, indicating a lack of terminally differentiated enteroendocrine or paneth cells. We further performed in-depth electron microscopy analysis and confirmed the presence of microvilli, basement membrane and mucous vesicles in the grafts. Cells containing multiple secretory vesicles were also identified which may represent early major paneth cells. Similar to the piglet scaffold seedings, regions of collagen-positive epithelial secreted hyaline matrix were detected, indicating of ECM remodeling. Importantly, expression of ALPI was also detected on grafts constructed using colon scaffolds supporting the notion that both scaffold types are effective for duodenal crafts reconstruction. Tide junction Z01 and polarity markers were also expressed on the reconstructed duodenal scaffold, which are essential elements for intestinal barrier function. To evaluate the functional capacity, we tested absorption, digestion and barrier competence of these grafts. First peptide absorption was demonstrated by uptake of the fluorescently labelled peptide beta-alanine-lysine AMCA, indicating active peptide transporters. We then evaluated the digestive capacity by assessing both peptide hydrolysis and desaccharidase function. The peptidyl peptidase 4 activity was detected, indicating that peptides absorbed by the grafts were subsequently digested. High glucose production after sucrose challenges confirmed that the jejunal brush border desaccharidase activity was present 
throughout cultures. In addition, assessment of intestinal barrier function indicated that 61% of FTIC dextrin leakage was observed in the blank scaffold, while the leakage was reduced to 45% by day 18 on the graft culture. Finally, we examined citrulline levels in our graft culture supernatrins, since circulating citrulline is used as a clinical biomarker of intestinal failure and directly correlates with absorptive enterocyte mass. Indeed, increasing citrulline concentration was observed over time, which represents a robust and non-destructive method for tracking enterocyte growth in vitro. To examine G-general graft survival and differentiation in vitro, we performed transplantation either under the kidney capsule or in subcutaneous pockets of immunodeficient mice. Owing to dimensional limitations, only grafts constructed on piglet scaffolds were feasible for the kidney capsule model. Grafts harvest one week post-transplantation showed signs of neovascularization macroscopically. Serial histological sectioning of the graft demonstrated the presence of luminal structures populated with human nucleoli plus intestinal epithelium. 3D volume reconstruction of serial sections revealed continuous tubular structures throughout the graft. Unexpectedly, immunostaining of ABPAS and ALPI was largely negative, suggesting a lack of cold blood cell and enterocyte differentiation in this model. On the other hand, a large population of Vimentin plus and alpha SMA plus cells were found around the lumen, indicating infiltration of host myofibroblasts into the scaffold. Immunofluorescent staining showed high expression of stem cell markers OLFM4 and SOX9. Together, these results suggest a high stromal infiltration drivers. The intestinal epithelium towards an undifferentiated state by recapitulating the stem cell niche of intestinal crypts. Next, we investigated the subcutaneous transplantation model to accommodate large grafts. Jejunal PDO were labelled with GFP luciferase reporter prior to seeding, enabling epithelial growth monitoring with live bioluminescent imaging. Piglet scaffold grafts were tested first for direct comparisons with the kidney transplantation model. Akin to the kidney capsule data, lumens of human nucleoli plus epithelial cells were detected one week after implantation. However, this time ALPI plus enterocytes and ABPAS plus goblet cells were detected, which may be linked to lower levels of stromal cell infiltration. We subsequently transplanted thick hydrogenal grafts constructed from human scaffolds. To enhance survival of larger dimension grafts, we explored the use of tidoglutide, a glucon like peptide to analog 
licensed for use in patients with intestinal failure. Since expression of the tidioglutide receptor GLP2R was observed in both human fibroblasts and organoids. Two weeks after transplantation, serial sectioning showed intestinal humans populated with epithelial cells in 10.4 plus minus 0.7% sections of all grafts receiving tidioglutide, compared to only 0.28 plus minus 0.6% sections of all grafts in the control group. Presence of CD31 plus cells surrounding the lumens further implied neovascularization in the grafts. This result suggests that tidaglutide treatment enhances epithelial cell survival on grafts in vivo. Distinct histological layers of the graft were also preserved and monolayers of human intestinal epithelial cells were identified on the mucosa. Proliferating cells were detected in both epithelial and pericryptal stromal cells of the scaffold. Although no clear ABPAS plus cells were detected, electron microscopy analysis identified cells with mucous granules suggesting the presence of early goblet cell differentiation. Immunofluorescent staining of pancytocarotene, e-cadherin and sucrase isomaltase confirmed the epithelial and jejunal identity of cells. Vimentin plus fibroblasts were localized in proximity to epithelial cells, recapitulating the native microenvironment. Together, these data indicate that human scaffold supports and maintain intestinal epithelial cell differentiation predominantly towards the enterocyte lineage in vivo. Finally, we investigated the effect of vascularization on grafts by injecting human unumbilical vene endothelial cells HUVEC, into human scaffolds one day prior to subcutaneous transplantation. Among these six scaffolds injected with HUVC, two contained vessels macro and microscopically upon harvest, and these same two scaffolds had visible humans on 33% of the serial sections. Conversely, in the remaining four scaffolds without vessels, Humans were detected in only 1.4 plus minus 3% of the serial sections. Blood vessels were often observed in close proximity to the humans, suggesting that vascularization enhances epithelial cell survival. Histological analysis confirmed the presence of goblet cells and sucrase isomaltase plus enterocytes in the epithelial humans surrounded by fibroblasts and CD31 plus vessels. Retaining their eugenial identity is maintained in engineered patient-derived grafts in vivo. In conclusion, we have established a clinically relevant protocol for timely intestinal graft reconstruction for intestinal failure using patient-derived materials. We have demonstrated that human jejunal organoids derived from minimal starting materials 
can be expanded efficiently in vitro, while maintaining the intrinsic region-specific functional identity and differentiation potential in vitro and in vivo. Our data support the concept of routinely banking PDOS as a new clinical standard at the point of intestinal resection in children at risk of intestinal failure to facilitate future options of personalized intestinal reconstruction. Importantly, we present the innovative concept of using colon scaffolds for small intestinal graft reconstruction. This implies that colon derived from cadaveric donors or resected from children affected by conditions such as Hirschsprung disease could be decellularized, stored and donated for engineering functional small intestinal mucosa. Furthermore, in intestinal failure etiologies such as midgut, volvulus, where colon is typically preserved, there is potential to convert the intestinal failure patient's own colon to a small intestine by replacing the colon mucosa with a jejunal mucosal graft engineered using the patient's own jejunal organoids. Unlike previous publications that focused largely on IPSCs, synthetic scaffolds or rodent ECM metrics, the use of primarily human materials in this study is a highly relevant step towards clinically translation. Additionally, our results indicate that tidaglutide, which is licensed for use of intestinal failure, can be applied also in the context of tissue engineering to promote the survival of grafts in vivo. A follow-on study of human jejunal engineering using an orthotopic transplantation model will provide the most conclusive data for both structural and functional competence of our grafts. Whilst the current study provides important conceptual advances towards personalized human small intestinal grafts for intestinal failure patients, the challenges of regaining neuromuscular function and full vascularization remain and are pivotal engineering steps for future full thickness intestinal reconstruction. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestion or article you would like to listen to, follow me on Twitter, pubreading, or drop me an email, info.pub.reading at gmail.com.